you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's great to be here. The guys in Loughborough send their love up uh, with me to you guys. So uh, uh, just quickly, I, I lead a congregation down in, in Loughborough. I've been involved with the church there for quite a few years. Uh, I've led a lot of youth work, uh, working to a rough neighbourhood. Um, and I also am a chaplain at Leicester City Football Club as well. So um, maybe... I don't know if there's going to be Leeds fans here or Leicester City fans, but uh, the last few times Leicester has beaten Leeds when we've played, so uh, we're a far better team. Uh, I'm a dad to three kids and a husband to one wife. Um, I'm very privileged. I've been married for 17 years and one week today, so um, yeah, celebrated that last, last week. It's really great to be here. I'm not going to speak for that long because Andy Murray's playing. And uh, a number of us want to go and watch him. So uh, I'll get to the point. Jesus loves you. Thank you. That's enough to know, isn't it? Just that Jesus loves you. I was going to do a whole bunch of exercises, but because of time, we'll probably keep some of those um, to a minimum. But I just want to say, just stirred by the, the passion and the praise here this morning. And one of the things in the last two days, I've been waiting on God um, about coming up here. And one of the things that God's been speaking to me about again and again is that for you guys, and submit this to you as leaders, uh, is just that it's a real let there be moment. So at the beginning of time, when God spoke and said, let there be. And that whatever's in your heart right now, I just start to, and as I'm speaking, mull over, what is it that you want to see and I believe that God's given you a fresh authority in speaking into this city of the things that you want to see happen. God, has, through his spirit, has given us an incredible amount of authority and power. But we often can not believe just how authoritative we are as his representatives. But we are his representatives. A lot of the things you think about and, and mull over and meditate on, they're from God's heart and mind. But we can, we can downplay those things. But I just really believe that for you guys, that now is a let there be moment. And you can start carving out and speaking things into being. I think there's circumstances and situations, specific people's lives, that you can just start speaking, let there be, into those. So just, just weigh that, weigh um, everybody. But I just really believe that that's what it is. The second thing I was feeling, and this hit me on the way up, was just that it's a time of rebuilding in Leeds. Um, and that in, it might be personally in your own life, it's time to rebuild some stuff. Particular dreams that you might look at and think, where's time gone? Why have I not fulfilled these things yet? But also I think as a, as a group of people and as a city, that just a time to rebuild. Um, and again, I think it comes with the, the authority of God to, to define a few things. How do I want this to be? How do we, as a group of people, want this to be? What do we want it to look like? What does the kingdom of God, being outworked in Leeds and through Leeds, look like? Uh, and just that sense of rebuilding uh, as well. So again, just throw that out there. <clears throat> Mark mentioned uh, that you've been looking at these seven principles of being kingdom builders. And so the one I've, I've been given to do... Uh, he's, he's looking at teaching and 
just on your tables, and if you're not on a table with anybody else, maybe you want to just lean to a table that does have someone. Just think about the, what are the key things that have influenced your walk with Jesus? It could be a specific time in your life. It could be something that was really positive. It could be something that was really negative, but threw you onto Jesus. It could be a particular preacher. It could be a whole series of things. But think about the top three things that have influenced your walk with Jesus, please. So just, just for a few moments, the top three things. Okay, if you want to hold it there. Sorry if you've not had a chance to, to say anything yet. Do a few people want to shout out some of the, the things that have been the most influential aspects to your walk with Jesus? Thank you, Mark. Learning what is truly served in 2012, 2013. Great. So serving. Brilliant. So seeing God at work in other people. Excellent. Okay, Christian parents. I'm from a Christian family. In fact, I became a Christian when I was five years old. Uh, and I, I am grateful for that as well. Um, there's a lot of other stuff I could have probably got into and done. But I, I just thank God for my parents who drilled it into me, but became my own decision as well. Yes? Brilliant. <laughs> Fairly influential moments in life. <laughs> Death to life. Praise God. I'm glad I did. Everyone else seems glad as well. <laughs> Anything else? Influential aspects to your walk with Jesus. Right. So is that being with other people? Or what do you mean? Brilliant. So listening to God and being obedient when he speaks. Fantastic. Yeah. And also learning through the tough times. God uses the tough times and the best times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That we've been singing about this morning, God is faithful, he's unchanging. And whether those, the circumstances of life are going well for us or whether it's all gone belly up, uh, that God is faithful. And he shows himself to be faithful as well. Okay, one more. So, being around other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah. It's so superb to be part of a family. Um, Sometimes we might not choose those family members, but God's chosen them for us. Uh, sometimes they rub you up in the wrong way, but sometimes actually then God uses that to, for us to encounter more of God. And other times you think, oh, I am so grateful that God has put me with these people as well. Um, so good, there's a lot of different things. Teaching, preaching can sometimes be part of those. Often when I've, I've done this exercise with different people, they come quite low down on the list because of... Uh, we're fairly experiential people. We like to experience things. And often God does reveal himself through those things. But often he reveals himself through the things that are being taught, that are put into us, that then through a life experience, he reveals those again 
so something that's locked away in our heart and our mind because of a situation or circumstance, because of somebody else, suddenly becomes very alive. It goes from sometimes from a head knowledge into a, ah, this is it. This is what I've read about. Or this is what somebody told me about as well. Um, would somebody like to read Colossians 3, verse 15 to 17, please, just so it's a break from my voice. Colossians 3, verse 15 to 17. Somebody going to volunteer to read it out? Go on then. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Again and again, we're, we're instructed in the word to, to teach each other and even to admonish or to bring some correction at times to each other. But it's always done in an environment of love, of gratitude to God. Uh, and so... As one of the, the principles you've got for the, uh, for the life groups and for the body, uh, for you guys as a body of people, is, is teaching. And so I want to look at three aspects, uh, not how to teach necessarily, but that will enable each of you to teach each other uh, in the way that it's talking about here. Um, so I want to look at truth to start off with. Um, there's a, an American preacher called Charles Simpson. Some of you might have heard of him, some not. A great preacher. He's one of the people that's inspired me the most, uh, just in terms of the way that he speaks and the way that he's opened up an understanding of God. It's just, it's just fantastic. Him and his wife uh, were traveling. They're American, and they were in Europe. And they, the different um, currency in terms of electric current. She had a hairdryer, and she plugged it in, um, thinking that she was using a transformer, but it was just an adapter. So that hairdryer worked really, really well for a few seconds. It went supercharged, and then burnt out. Uh, and I think if, if we don't have this translation from God sometimes, that we would work really, really well, maybe have a beautiful smile on our face, if we could really see God as God is, and then fizzle out after just a few seconds, because... Thankfully, he's chosen to reveal himself bit by bit by bit. He's not just pulled back the curtains of heaven and gone, this is what I'm like. I think we'd all just have a beautiful smile, glow for a few seconds, and then finish. Uh, and it would have been great for those few seconds, um, having all the wonders of the universe in our heads, but then, boom, it would have gone. So I'm grateful to God that he allows us to, to understand something, but then he leads us on. It's a journey with God, and he's constantly revealing himself. We're fortunate to have the Bible, but if we went back a long, long way, and probably around the time that Genesis was being written, there was a lot of things that we would not have understood that we understand now. Uh, and I'm grateful for that. But Revelation isn't the full stop. Um, th there's more of God that is revealing, but it'll, it'll find its way rooted back in to the Bible as well. But there's... there's it's going to sound a bit um, heretical now. Please don't stone me just yet. I want to watch the tennis. Do it after. Um, but th there's more than the Bible. There's, there's, we've got more to go than that. It will always be anchored back in. So it stops us from going a bit, a bit crazy. But th there's, an, there's more stories to unfold. There's more of God to be known. Years ago, I was, I was fasting. Not that that was the last time I did fasting. But uh, once when I was fasting years ago, better way of phrasing it, um, God said that, Everything that any person has ever known and understood 
of, of him is not even a scratch on the surface. And I was like, God, I am hungry for more of you then. If that is true, and all of these books that have been written, all these sermons that have pre- been preached around the world, all these different experiences that people have had, if that's not even scratching the surface, then I am hungry for so much more. And uh, are you? There's just there's so much of God. Um, can we show you a video clip, please? Um, this is from a film, Tom Cruise, unlike him, playing the genius maverick, um, break from his normal role, um, but it's, which is not, because that's what he plays in every film. Um, but he's, he's, it's a courtroom scene, it's from a film called A Few Good Men. So uh, it's just about a minute long. We can often demand from God that we want it our way, get the, all the information about him, from him, for our life. But sometimes uh, God says, you can't handle the truth. You want it. We want it in full. We keep pushing sometimes, but often God says, you can't handle the truth. Jesus said this a long time before. Uh, He says it in John 14, a little bit more polite, probably a little little bit less heated than in this clip. But he said to the disciples, look, you've walked with me. You've seen me. You still don't understand if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I'm going to go and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into all truth. Jesus said in John 14 as well, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we're talking about truth, we're not talking about doctrine, set theologies. We're talking about a person. When we're talking, when we talk about truth to each other, it's not my opinion of what I understand the truth to be, but it's what is it that God's revealed to you about himself? What is it about Jesus? I love the Bible because in, in everything it's a sign to God. It says the, the word is living and active. The Bible is just a book, but the, the word of God in there, Jesus, is living and active. The per- truth is not just a paradigm. It's not a set of ways of understanding. It's Jesus. So when we're talking about truth, we're talking about a real person that leads us, that guides us, that Jesus said, I will leave a teacher and he's going to lead you into more and more truth, more and more of an understanding of me. He's going to reveal all that I am to you, bit by bit. So when, when we're teaching, when we're in groups, let's not get into the Hello Magazine-styled commentaries on who on our latest theologies. But let's explain Jesus to each other. The spirit is a spirit, the spirit of prophecy points us to Jesus, helps us to understand what he's like, causes us to fall in love more and more with this person that's poured himself out. So when we talk truth, when we're talking about truth, and in today's postmodern society, it's all about individualism. It's about what is true for you. But Jesus brought a corporate revelation of himself so that we see things together. Breaking bread with John earlier, we were asking each other, what is it you, you want to be prayed for? What is it that we can pray for each other? And the same things are stirring in our heart. And even though we've not spoken for a while, I'm down in Loughborough, he's up here in Leeds. But God is stirring. There's a truth of the kingdom of God, of God himself. 
being outpoured, being revealed. And there's a hunger that's there. So when we meet in groups, that when we're talking about truth, what is it of Jesus that you can share with somebody else? Not just my understanding of the end times is this, because there's, there's lots of different understandings. Not that we avoid those things, but what is it of Jesus that you've come to know and understand? How can you inspire and provoke Jesus to each other? Just for a few moments again, what is it in your life so far of Jesus that you've come to know? Not a type of doctrine or understanding that you know about God, but what is it that you've come to know through experience of the truth of this beautiful Jesus? So just for, just for a few moments, just tell somebody else, what is it that you know? Not because of you can write it down, you can give the Bible verses, but what is it that's, that's come alive, this living, active word of God? Just give testimony to each other, please. Hopefully you get inspired when you're here through somebody else's life, what Jesus has done, the way he's revealed himself, the experiences we've had of his goodness and his faithfulness. One of the things that they did in the Old Testament was when they had encounters with God, they would often set up altars as a, as a, as a sign, as a, a way of remembering God had an encounter with a person here. Uh, and when then later on, when people would travel through that type of area, they would see that altar. And it would cause people to be grateful and to be reminded God was here. God met with somebody here. And in today's world, we can, we can move on from the things that we know, the, from those encounters that we have, from those moments where Jesus reveals himself to us in a fresh way. But we, we, I'm not saying go out and get a whole bunch of stones and build an altar, but if you can, take some sort of Polaroid, some sort of picture in your mind to remember those times. It's, it's good that when we meet together to remind ourselves and other people that God has been faithful. This is when he was faithful. So there's a, there's a couple right now in Loughborough. Uh, and they're hitting a crisis moment. But the way they're hitting it is it's almost as if like God has not had any history in their walk. And I'm trying to encourage them to go back over their, their life, their journey with God so far, to remember those times and to stir faith. Because Jesus is walking with us. He is our shepherd he never promises to take us on a detour around the valley of the shadow of death. But he promises us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with us. And sometimes when we're walking through that particular moment, we've got to remind ourselves, he was with me in the past. I know, he, like we've been singing, I know he's unchanging, so therefore I know he's going to be with me in the future. But it's sometimes good to just remind ourselves on our, on our modern versions, whatever it is, whatever will help you to go back in time and have those little altars of life where you think, you know what, I know that this is true because, and I can put a date and a time or just whatever to it, but try and remember those moments when something that you know in 
the Bible, something that somebody's taught you, suddenly becomes a reality in, in experience. And to remind yourself of those things. And then to say to somebody else when they're going through it as well, this is true, I know it's true, because... And to remind each other. So just think, it might be, I don't know how you want to do that. It could be that you journal, write stuff down. or But think about setting up altars in life that remind you of these encounters with God. This is something for another time I was going to do this. But if truth isn't just a body of knowledge, but a person, how does that change, if at all, how you relate to the Bible? And relate to God and relate to each other. If truth is a, per, is a person as opposed to a body of knowledge, how do you relate? How do you come to the Bible? How do you come to God? How do you come to each other? I'd love it if you consider that sometime. Talk about it uh, in your life groups, um, if they're allowed to, after the, just to, to consider those questions. They're useful questions to have. So that, do that sometime if you would, please. So that's truth. That's not all of truth. I'm just throwing it out there, um, looking at truth. The next thing, I'd like to look at being learners. People who are lifelong learners, who commit to being learners. Proverbs 4 says, get wisdom at any cost. I was captivated, uh, probably 12, 13 years old, with Proverbs, started reading Proverbs and just thought, man, this is good stuff. And I, and I read it a lot. I'm still on this journey pursuing wisdom because what I know I want to live out. And that's what wisdom is. It's taking what you know to be true and living it. Somebody who is unwise, like Jesus taught with the, the sand and building on the rock as well, is building, doing something that is, is what you know to be true and then doing it. The beginning of wisdom is a fear of God. It's knowing that God is God and we're not. But get wisdom at any cost. That's what it says in Proverbs 4. When we, when we teach each other, when we, we're speaking truth to each other, that we're not just trying to pass on information to fill the head, but get into issues of the heart Something that stirs deep inside, that causes you to really ponder. The Bible uses the heart as an image, <clears throat> excuse me, as a headquarters of all that we are, of our, our emotions, our will, our desires, our passions in life is in the heart. So when we get together, let's talk out of our heart, out of our love and our passion for God to each other and our passion for each other as well. Jesus wants us to be passionately in love. And I feel that here, that you are passionately in love with each other. And there's a safety when you, when you know that you're with friends like that, that you can go a little bit further. You know, when you meet somebody for the first time, you don't just blurt it all out there and say, this is who I am, this is what I'm like, and then tell them some of the stuff that maybe you should hold back. Some people do that. They're on certain spectrums. But, but it's, you hold some things back. But when you're with friends, you say it as it is. And you feel like that in the Bible, with David in the, in the Psalms. You think, this is a guy that's getting it all out there. Just, it's all there for us to read. But when, we, when we're with each other, that we're speaking to each other's heart from our heart as well. Questions are powerful teachers. 
when I, one of the things I do when I, I'm, I'm passionate about discipleship, um, I was, I phoned over 15 people to come up here with me. I'm obviously a very unpopular guy because they all said no, but um, I went on one by one by one because I always, wherever I go, whatever I do, I always have people with me. I love being with people. Uh, I believe in just growing with other people, iron sharpening iron, all that. Um, but one of the things I do, I, I very rarely tell people things. I ask a lot of questions. Um, and increasingly, I'm trying to develop the ability to ask those questions that, that reveal what is in the heart of somebody. Because then you're more equipped to speak into the situation. I've been spoken at a lot. I don't know, don't know if you know people like this. That they ask you how you are. You're halfway through telling them, and then they just tell you lots of stuff, either about themselves or... And you think, well, why did he bother asking in the first place if you just want to tell me stuff? Um, but one of the things I'm learning is increasingly to be patient and to listen. Because when you, when you ask somebody a question, it, it starts to get into them. You start to understand their perspective. It then enables you to tell them something or to reveal something to them from an angle that they'll really get because you're starting, you're starting to understand them. So it might, and I, I write questions down. I've got a, I've got a folder in my laptop. Uh, I still use laptops. So I'm a bit behind Mark um, in all his gadgetry that um, I have a, a folder where I put good questions. I hear other people asking questions and I write these questions in and then I try them out on people. How is it with your soul? But the Methodists used to do that. I used to meet with each other and say, how is it with your soul? Get straight to the point there. Um, and you can either lie or tell them the truth. But it's great to ask questions when you get together. I think one of the things that's good to do as a learner, and it says it in the Psalms quite a lot, take a sealer, take a break, take a pause. Just press the pause button for a few moments in life. And stop and think and consider. We're in a society that's constantly looking forwards. Part of questioning of yourself and of other people can be just to put the pause button on and to think, okay, where, where am I at right now? What is it that you're saying to me right now, Jesus? What is it that you've said over a number of weeks here to the congregation? And am I doing anything with that? Am I just allowing it to fill my notebook and then I'm walking away? Or am I letting it go through me and do something in me? Or do you, and it, I've done this, do I sit here thinking that's perfect for them? I know so-and-so will really benefit from hearing that word right there. And inside God's going, no, talking to you. But you're shielding it, boom, and deflecting it left, right, and center. But sometimes when we stop and we pause, that's when we allow God to go, no, 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 you. <laughs> it's you I'm speaking to. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when um, I bought a car not long ago, it's a Vauxhall Zafira, a really cool car. Um, I used to have a big Land Rover, and I love that. It was my favorite car. But anyway, I had to get this Zafira just because it was easier to run and all that type of stuff. But I started realizing there are Zafiras all over the place, absolutely riddled up and down the country with Vauxhall Zafiras. But I don't know if you've done it as well, if you're buying some clothes, you start recognizing the jumper that you really want here, there, and everywhere. And it can be like that with, with um, 
when we encounter something with God, that you start thinking, oh, there's a book on this. If you're really stirred in something, again, like I was saying with John earlier, both feeling similar things. And often when God's stirring something in, in his body, he's doing it across the whole body. And so you start getting into conversations with people and you think, hang on, yeah, I'm feeling that as well. Well, you start seeing books and you think, oh yeah, look, all these books coming out. And it's not just a trend, but there's, there's waves of God and there's, there's something that God's trying to get across to his body. And I think that God's doing that at the moment. So, but it's easy to be passive. I hadn't noticed Vauxhall's Zephyrus before, to be honest. I was looking at Land Rovers. But when you become heightened to a particular thing, you start seeing it everywhere. And you start thinking, actually, God, you'll work here and here and here. But it's often, we've got to stop and take time to recognize what it is that God's saying. And recognize, oh, actually, yeah, you're doing it in a lot of people's lives at the moment. Maybe you're up to something here. Maybe there is a, a, a purpose and a plan of God being outworked. But it's often when you, it's not until you often start speaking with each other and asking these questions that you start recognizing what it is that God's saying and doing. It takes it out of the individual learning and into the corporate learning, into a corporate revelation and understanding that God's doing this in his body. He wants us to be active learners, not passive, just sitting back and allowing this to go to somebody else. But actually, what am I going to do with this? Am I taking this on board and then going to do something with this? So, learning. One of the things that can hinder us, particularly in a smaller group, is somebody else's personality. And that can hinder us from learning from each other. Even though it's very valid what they're saying. That's why we've got to be gracious and patient with each other. Because my knowledge of somebody can stop me from accepting what is actually true and that's why we've got to bear with one another in love because irrespective because otherwise we set ourselves up as judges as people that actually when you're a little bit better when your character's a little bit more sorted then I can receive from you and that means I'm in a really strong position therefore I can tell you something but you can't tell me anything because you're not quite perfect enough yet man Ooh. And I've done that. And I'm sure, if we're honest, a number of us have done that at different times where you accept... There's different people in Loughborough. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to mention any names. But when they get the microphone during the worship, I think, oh, no. Honestly, I do. I just say, oh, no, what are they going to bring? And there's some of those people that prophesy regularly and it's so hit and miss. And sometimes it's spawn and you just think, wow. Just feel like heaven's opened and woo, God's been some great revelation into my head right now and other times they come out with stuff and you're like oh lord just can't you just magic them away or something uh it would do us all a favor right now because they've just put a massive spanner in the works um so i do and I, sometimes inside i just sink you know they get you know, that sinking feeling in life at times um but i've got to check myself regularly to think hang on am i ready to receive from this person um Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe I'm just revealing how weak I am as a person right now. And you just pray for me later. Just either storm me or pray for me. Just do. Yeah. Thank you. So all I'm trying to say is be open to each other. Irrespective of what your knowledge is of each other. 
Um, because you love each other. And because Jesus is alive in very real people, doing some very real things to reveal more of himself. Commit to being a lifelong learner. If, if, you, if you get nothing else today, just say, you know, I, I will be a learner. But not individually, but corporately. Commit to being the people who are regularly learning and saying, you know what, ask me questions. Provoke me. Ask me what it is that I'm learning right now. What is it that God has shown me of himself at this time or is challenging me that I'm trying to really break through and see more of God in this area or whatever it is. Some of the stuff I'm learning right now is just sometimes in life, just costs you. <laughs> whatever God is asking you to do, sometimes it just costs. Uh, there's been situations I've been through recently that have made me think, you know what, I'm going to be obedient to you, God, no matter what it costs me. And that's cost me financially. It's cost me in what I do with my time. And I've had to just think, but I want your will in my life, Jesus. Not, not my own, your will, not mine. I needed a situation recently um, where I was in a tough circumstance. I, I've not been able to talk to anybody about it. Um, and I, was, I felt very alone and very isolated. And uh, one of my youngest child still comes into bed at some stage in the night, kicks my back and all that type of stuff. Sometimes I love it. Other times I just say, oh, for goodness sake, please sleep and stop kicking me. Kick Trenner instead, that's my wife. No, um, but he it, it always, it always leans my way and kicks me. But anyway, 3.15 in the morning, uh, I was very much awake uh, with a bruised back from a little boy and I encountered God. I was in a, a tough situation that could not be changed and instantly I went into an open vision and I was in a cave and I don't know if you've ever been in a cave, but you know that horrible damp smell that you get in a cave and the sound of water dripping. And I was very much awake, like I said, being kicked in the back for, for a number of minutes by my youngest son. And then I realized there's somebody else here in the cave with me. And it was King David. And I realized I was in the cave of Adullam. And that was a place where outlaws came in and an army came out. And it was a place where David was being hunted down by Saul and he was hiding out. But God met him there and turned things around. And in that instance, I knew that God was with me. And I felt the isolation. I felt the rejection. And I felt just the, the frustration that David was feeling. And God reminded me that he's God and I'm not. And so I, I got up. I did some work. The situation did not change. But I was completely different in that. And it was a powerful experience for me and this is just a couple of months ago but I needed that and in that I learned a lot I learned that God is faithful that's one of my altar moments in life that's one of those times I, I, I know that from now to the time that I die that will always be with me it's one of those times where God showed himself faithful in a time that I could not speak to anybody else well, I could have done but lack of integrity would have just been very evident then but I had to hold it. I couldn't even talk about it much with my wife. But God broke in and did something. And taught me, just got to be patient at times. <laughs> I'm a very spontaneous person. I like stuff done now. Or 10 minutes ago would be better. But God calls us to be patient at times. But his timing is often very different from our own. 
That can be, that can be hard when you're a now person. And you think, God, and he's like, well, why now? You tell him, you're telling me now, but let's see when that now is. And it's not often in the same rhythm and timing that we want it done now. I've learned that it really is my shepherd. That it really is my guide. Okay, the last one, I'll stop. It's humility. God is God and we are not. What we think we know can hinder us from further revelation. Can we handle the truth? Peter, lying on top of a rooftop. God starts speaking to him. Shows him a blanket. Whoa, God, no, 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 no. I'm not going to touch any of that stuff. That's unclean. You've said it's unclean. God says, no, 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 no. I'm changing that. I want you to go to these people. Peter thought he knew something that was truth. That God had said, this is unclean. But he had to have that removed, that understanding, in order to go and take the gospel to people that he once thought were unclean people. If we allow God to be God, he will challenge our understanding of truth at times. We've got to be humble. If we think we've got it all buttoned down, that we've got God boxed in, that we know the way that God works, the kingdom can't advance because we've become God and taking him from his rightful position where we will not allow God to move into situations or into certain types of people's lives because we're judging it as unclean. The gospel can't go there. The kingdom can't advance into that. Surely not. We just put ourselves in a, in a throne position. And I think God will remind us, actually, hang on. Did you die? Did you rise from the dead? Are you the one that's ruling and reigning over all things, all powers and principalities? So let's just talk for a while, shall we? And just get a fresh understanding on who's really God. Um, and in Revelation 2, there's a message that goes to the church in Ephesus. You can do all of these amazing things. You can tell who's an apostle and who isn't. You've done all of this incredible stuff, but you've forsaken your first love. And it, that's a message that's come in Loughborough recently that's challenging us as a, as a group of people. We've thought we can do some, some stuff. We've thought we're good in certain areas. But it's coming back to the first love and allowing God to be the, the number one priority. Requires humility. Requires us saying, God, you're in charge here. I'm not. So when we meet with each other, that we'd have that same humility that I don't know it all and you don't know it all but when we talk together when we ask these questions maybe God will be revealed in a way that allows us to understand him as God when we became when we made a decision to follow Jesus we were justified Jesus did that on the cross we were put in a right standing in his eyes but then there's a, the process of sanctification, of becoming more and more like God. That causes us, and this is what humility does, it causes us to unlearn some things. It's not just about learning, but sometimes unlearning. So people have had a certain habit or a way of thinking. Because of who we are in God, we have to unlearn some things. And again, we've got to be humble enough to go, you know what, maybe I've got to unlearn the way that I think in this area. And I've got to relearn in a kingdom type of way what it means to talk, to use my money, to relate to people. 
and there's a, there's a fresh learning that takes place after unlearning all the ways and habits. Going to finish now. Just a couple of things to throw out there. Um, I don't know if you journal, if you write anything down regularly, but I would really recommend, whether it's on actual paper or whether it's on an iPad or whatever you want to use, but take time to write stuff down, to journal, to sealer, to take moments where you just write something down. Because one of the things I've, I've, I then do, I, write, I journal a lot, and I look back and I see the thread of what, what it is that God's saying and doing. And I'm often amazed. I thought, oh, wow, if I was to write a story or a book, it wouldn't look anything like this. Um, or if I could script it, I couldn't do it as well as what you've done, God. But in circumstances and situations, he, he speaks through, and, and it's, it's a good way of looking back and thinking, God, thank you, because I can see my journey with you in the way you've, you've shaped my thinking or my life. Um, I've printed off uh, these sheets. Uh, it's a list of one another's that the Bible recommends one another. Do this, it says, accept one another, be at peace with one another. And it goes on. Commit to, to one another in. Um, it's, it's challenging when you read this list. Um, do you think, if I do these things, the body of Christ will look a little bit more like Jesus because of, of these one another's. And that's why they're there. Um, so please feel free to take those. Um, Matthew 12, verse 34 says, Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. So when you get together, speak out of the overflow, out of that passionate love that you have for Jesus, out of, the, out of those frustrations at time, and allow each other to minister, to speak into, to encourage, to provoke, to challenge each other. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you are Lord over all things. I thank you that you are God and we are your people. Thank you that you've enabled us to come into a relationship with you, that you took initiative before the beginning of time to join us with yourself. That's amazing. Jesus, you really are incredible. I thank you that you're unchanging. I thank you that you spent, you sent your spirit to lead us into truth. I pray that we all have a greater revelation and an understanding of you, Jesus, that shapes and forms the way we live, the way we speak, the way we act, Lord God. Lord, I pray that a great blessing into this family. Lord, I pray that they will see a rebuilding in this city that is so, brings so much glory to you, Lord Jesus. I pray for fresh salvation. I pray for healing to break through, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Amen.